Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to an episode of the Triflix Cast. Today we have John and Leah mm-hmm. Sandlin. Uh, today we're going to be interviewing them, talking about their life story and uh, their ministry, the work that they're doing for the Lord. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Heck yeah. All right. <laughs> and um, the point of this cast, this uh, this interviewing podcast that we have is to promote creatives and innovators within uh, within our, our group of friends, our circle, our sphere. Uh, right now we're based out of central Indiana, but we're always trying to pull in more and more guests. So if you have any guests that you guys would like to recommend, someone creative and innovative, feel free to send them our way. We'd be happy to have them on just like these two here. So if you guys would like to share a little bit about yourself, tell us you know, uh, what it is that you guys are currently doing, and then we can go right into it. All right. So <clears throat> a little uh, background for me. So my day job, I'm a Christian financial planner. So I help different Christians. Uh, we call it be wise with their money, mm-hmm. but it's retirement planning, family planning, anything related to finances. So that's uh, that's where I spend most of my kind of 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. weekdays kind of thing. Uh, but part of part of that difference in what being a Christian financial planner, bringing our faith to the forefront, talking about faith and finances, but more importantly, how do we give back to the community? How do we show Christ's love, not just through mm-hmm. my daily activities, but how do I use my business to glorify God in, in what we do? So through that, I try and find strategic partnerships with local mission partners or ministries that are, I think, that are doing kingdom work and, and serving well. So I try and use my business platform to highlight some of those things, whether that's through awareness, through helping with fundraising, through service projects, educational events, those kind of things. Um, But there's a few ministries that are close to our hearts, um, either because of our background, because of our battle scars from the past or whatever purpose that uh, we both feel that God's called us, but that's the right area to give back. So some of those, some of those ministries, we have a, Leah and I run a car ministry. It's a standalone 501c3 where we help people with transportation. So mm-hmm. whether that's just sometimes helping people with car repairs or other times uh, we pick up clunkers, tow them home and fix them and then try and sell them or, or yeah. get them into somebody's hands that could really use them. So that plays itself out in a lot of different ways. We've seen a lot of fruit from that and we enjoy that. But ultimately we use the car as a prop to get into mentorship, to try and lift these people's lives up Mm -hmm. to try and help make a difference. So we have certain blessings. I used to be a mechanic in my younger days. uh, So I'm pretty, I'm somewhat comfortable around cars and handy with cars. But uh, for me to be able to share that and give that back to find new ways to make an impact in people's lives, that's serving a relevant need. But then at the same time, when they feel Christ's love, when I try and pour that on them, uh, they have, they see that and they, they wonder what's, what's different about that guy. You know, what's, what's going on with him that right. he, he wants to help me or that he gave up his Saturday. To what's do, what's do he getting out of this? Right. <laughs> so I get that a lot. Like what's the catch mm-hmm. What you know, they're waiting on that curveball to come around and the gotcha. But, uh, yeah. but then that's kind of, that opens doors for us to have that faith conversation or, or that side. So we're pretty active in our church. So we worship at Terrace Lake here locally. Ah, uh, you looked so, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we do a lot of, um, our, our focus lately has been more on the outreach space. So mm-hmm. uh, trying to kind of create programming or inspire other people to uh, get more active and find ways to, if, if we create the programming, maybe to streamline how they can 
serve or show Christ's love to those in need. So that's another space. Leah is much more active in jail ministry than I am. So the, the REC program has created some unique opportunities for us to be inside the jail, kind of sharing Christ's love, doing, whether it's doing Bible study, addiction recovery classes, other venues. Yeah. But ultimately, a lot of those paths, or whether we're working with uh, people from Brighter Days at the Love Chapel or uh, some of the clients at Clarity, you know, those types of organizations that are close to home for us, they all kind of funnel through of a lens for me of how can I serve them? How mm-hmm. can I be a, be a light in their day today? by showing them Christ's love and making a little bit of a difference yeah. for them today. Right? Yeah. And actually, I I think we talked a little bit about this off camera, but um, we've had several guests on before, and one of them was uh, Caleb Lowe and one was Brian Kendrick. Oh, cool. And you talk about, you know, automotive, and one of the things Caleb really enjoys doing is finding clunkers as well and reaching out to people. Do you guys interact at all? Mm-hmm. Um, if so, uh, has it been like through your business or has it just been more recreationally? So, so Caleb has a few of those clunkers at our house oh. right now. So we're, we're pretty deep in with, with Caleb. So, uh, he's participated through our ministry. We've built a barn, a pole barn that yeah. has a car lift and, uh, it makes us a lot more efficient, but, uh, you know, last summer he spent a lot of time coming out and, uh, we were serving alongside each other kind of, mm-hmm. he was equipped, he could handle his own. So we just kind of did projects in parallel and helped each other out. And that was really cool, uh, to find ways. But I first met Caleb when we were in Bartholomew County Jail mm-hmm. and ministry ser- or serving an REC. Oh, okay. you know, I, I've, I've never been arrested yet, so luckily. But um, but we were we were serving in there and he and his family had come in to serve dinner uh, mm-hmm. to all the inmates and, uh, and the people that were volunteering for the weekend. So that was the first time I met him. And then talking with his mom, she kind of highlighted that he likes to work with cars and would be a good fit to work with our ministry. So mm-hmm. uh, we had some good times in the last six or eight months, kind of partnering on different projects. Yeah. His whole message from, you know, the half hour, hour long discussion we had, his takeaway was like what it means to be basically a good friend or a good person in the community, even to those people that you don't know, uh, what it means to be basically the hands and feet of Christ in a way. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Leah. You, you do jail ministry? I do. Yes. Um, so for work, I do work at Terrace Lake Church, I'm the mm-hmm. communications director there, and then um, kind of transitioning into some of that outreach. So we're developing some different programming that John talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so jail ministry is my hobby, um, oh. <laughs> I guess. That's a, I mean, that's a, a uh, very interesting hobby because I know some people play recreational sports or video games, yeah. and you're actually going out there and trying to make an impact. Yeah, well, I, I just, I love going in there. I mean, and that's only because God has... Um, kind of presented that to me and drawn me into that ministry. I wouldn't do that on my own. That's not some somewhere that I would be. I'm not. I don't think I'm equipped for that or anything like that. I just God mm-hmm. uh, called me in there, and then after my first Residence Encounter Christ REC weekend, I was hooked. And yeah, I was going to ask, how does one get drawn into that? Because yeah. I feel like for most people, that's something they've never even considered. Right. Yeah. So um, it was that REC weekend, and I was at a table, and just the girls that I met there. I felt very um, connected to, and I didn't want it to end at that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like we had started something, mm-hmm. and, and in order for me to really pour into their life and be a part of their life and help them know who Jesus was, I needed to continue to be a part of their life. And so I started going in on Sundays, and then now I go on Sunday and Monday and lead a Bible study and then a different class on Wednesday. But yeah. um, 
an yeah. REC weekend. That's a Terrace Lake led ministry. Or? That is not REC is its uh, Residence Encounter Christ is its own ministry. Okay. Uh, in the in well, it's five or six counties surrounding counties of mm-hmm. Bartholomew County that go into the different jails and do that. It's a weekend, um, basically an evangelism weekend, presenting the gospel through different testimonies to inmates. Yeah. Yeah. So were you guys doing these types of ministry works before you guys met each other or Mm-mm. no? So that's been something that, has it helped bring you together? Has that been something you guys do on your own individual time? You come together and talk about it later. Um, how does that affect your guys' marriage? Kind of all of the above. Um, I think that since we've been married and one of the reasons that we got married was because it makes us better, mm-hmm. um, you know, that we glorify Christ more through our marriage, through being together. Um, and so John equips, you know, he kind of releases me to have that time in the jail and to do that. And then he's always there to listen because it's hard. It's heartbreaking. There's a lot of, um, burdens that you carry through working with people that don't always want Mm -hmm. that help. Um, and so John is there for me and, and vice versa, I think, as we just kind of get through the ministry. But I think, I mean, it's certainly since we've been married, both of us, uh, kind of that that outreach ministry is just kicked up yeah. Um, for whatever reason, God using us, I guess, you know? Yeah. So overall you'd say it's positive and negative, but not, you know. Oh, positive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then what's uh, for each of you individually, what's been your favorite part of, of your ministries and how it's affected you guys? Yeah. I think uh, when we first started right after we got married, we did a mission trip over to uh, Kenya, Nairobi. And going into, we went into a Christian um, orphanage, mm-hmm. right? And, and seeing the, the people that just had nothing. I think for us to experience that, but they still had the joy of Christ in their heart. And they were still dancing around and excited about life. Uh, that was really eye-opening for me to see that transition of all the crap and the worldly stuff that I, that I have. And uh, I was... I don't know, envious isn't the right word, but excited for them, or I, I wanted to have that same joy, right? So that's been a somewhat of a driving factor, and I think Leah had a similar experience over there in that um, pursuing that, that relationship with God and, mm-hmm. and understanding what can I do today to glorify God? What's that next little step I can do, live in the moment, and, and really kind of grab, grab a hold of that energy or that, that love and that peace, really. So... Uh, that's played itself out in a lot of different ways as we've dabbled with different topics or different ministries. But the, to be able to see the fruit when we work with, uh, we call them our neighbors, right? When we work mm-hmm. with uh, somebody that just needs to experience Christ's love and we're able to find new or crazy or unique ways to kind of share that with somebody, uh, just to see the fruit of how it impacts their life, right? Okay. So when they start making different choices or pulling themselves out of whatever mess that they created for themselves. You know, we all have our own messes, even, even myself and Leah individually, but, uh, but to see people be inspired to, to, to do something different, I think that's the yeah. fruit for me. So you guys, you call them your neighbors. Does that come from the, the man asking Jesus, who is my neighbor, or is that something more original? It's, it's close. So similar theme, but, uh, in Mark twelve thirty one. Okay. So if you read Mark 12, mm-hmm. 30 and 31, there's the two main rules, right? Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and might. And then the next verse says, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So that's kind of become a, a mantra verse for us is how do we love ourselves and how do we want to share that with other people? I like going from point A to point B. So I, I feel like <laughs> you're, you must be doing something right. That's right. 
<laughs> and then uh, for yourself? Yeah. Um, so for you, me, my... Feel free to move the mics around. The okay. other, you, you can't break them. Okay. Um, <laughs> a couple things that stand out, I think, for me is my favorite part of the ministry would be um, selfish. They're, I guess they kind of both are selfish. But um, is the lessons that I learn from mm -hmm. people and um, that God reveals to me, as John said, with that mission trip and what we learned there. Uh, but then as I'm uh, meeting with people and just getting to learn about what their life is like and different experiences and stuff and what that teaches me. Mm -hmm. um, but then things that God teaches me about, you know, when we first started doing jail ministry and, and car ministry and those things, I wanted results. I want, I was putting this work in and I wanted <laughs> results and I wanted it, you know, in my timing and how it was supposed to look and, and all that stuff. And that is not how it works. And so just learning that that's not my responsibility Mm -hmm. that that's on God. And my responsibility is what, to do what he's called me to do and to be obedient to that. And that's it. That's where it ends. And so therefore there's success in that because I answered the call and not because somebody's life was changed or not. It's beautiful when lives are changed. It's mm -hmm. awesome to see, but that's not the requirement for me to get joy or, or value out, I guess, out of what I do. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is relationships is just like, I love the people that I've gotten to be a part of um, their life. And therefore now they're a part of my life and my story looks different and is, and has changed now. you know, there's somebody in the studio here today with us that I've met through jail ministry that, um, and she's a, an amazing woman and mm -hmm. she's a part of my life and what I've learned from her and how she's been there for me. And now we get to hang out. Like we're going on a girl's date tonight and yeah. you know, um, just stuff like that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so it's it's those two things, kind of the lessons learned and then um, the relationships. You mentioned that um, at, at one point you had a shift between making the goal change in people's lives and then it shifted to something new. Mm -hmm. How did that affect you personally? And is it still a struggle for you at times to like to give that up and to acknowledge like that isn't the way it, it should yeah. be? It is, um, because also it's tied to my my main sin struggle that I've realized now um, later in life is fear of man. I'm constantly worried about what people think of me mm -hmm. and um, where my value lies. And so I want the results because I want it to be about me, what I've done, and I want everybody else to see what I've done. You know, that's, that's my struggle. Yeah. And so when we first started doing a lot of this ministry, that was where I was. That's where my heart was, was wanting this. Um, to be recognized, I think for, for something that somebody else, yeah. you know, somebody else's life being changed. Um, and so then that switch was, it was hard because along the reason that it came was because of heartbreak, mm -hmm. because of people not getting it, not being changed, um, and that sort of thing. And then realizing, well, what am I doing this for? Yeah. You know, if I'm not getting these results, then is it me? Am I doing it wrong? Is something going on that I need to change? And then God was just so sweet and gracious to say, it's not you, sweetheart. It's I do this. It's not up to you. Yeah. Um, and you just got to go and do it. Just yeah. go and be there. Um, so. Yeah, that's uh, like psychology, what they call like the hero syndrome. I always call mm -hmm. it the Disney complex, where it's like <laughs> you have to be the person that goes and saves somebody. Mm -hmm. But in in the way I would say a lot of Christians view the faith is like, that's not the way it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Like we, we were, we had to be saved. We can't, we, there's nothing about us innately that can save others. That's right. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, elevating ourselves and trying to get what we want done in the world, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great segue for Hill Zion <laughs> records out here, uh, out in the world, trying to get what they want done. They are a, um, 
a Christian-based uh, record company based out of Tennessee, and they produce uh, a lot of uh, rap music, uh, which is kind of nice. You know, you don't hear too many Christian rap artists. There's, they're developing. There's a lot that are, are starting to go mainstream. You got Lecrae, Andy Minio, but the, all those people are part of the same uh, Reach Records. Cool. So it is nice knowing that there are other record labels out there. If you want to listen to some good Christian rap yeah. with your family and not worry about <laughs> what the neighbors think, you know. So when's the next concert they're having here in Columbus? Oh, uh, the next one in Columbus? Yeah. Uh, I would hope they have it soon. Uh, but like I said, they're based out of Tennessee. So a lot of their work is uh, about four hours south of us. All right. Uh, we actually came into contact. I was making some lyric videos and um, someone on their label uh, I'd worked with recommend me to the rest of the label. So we keep getting more work with them uh, They're planning on coming to Columbus soon for photo shoots and we've been helping with their website really great guys uh, Really really good team um, and we're glad to be partnered with them and you know allow they allow us to share a lot of our work in Tennessee and in exchange, you know, we're happy to share the word of all of their work with uh, listeners on the podcast so I, I, I ask because over over the last year or two, uh, my passion for Christian rap has really grown. <laughs> really? So I took my kids. We went to a concert in Columbus, Ohio to yeah. see Andy Minio and, and a, lot, oh. a lot of that group. Yeah. Um, but I've also grown really fond of Seven. Okay. And, and just kind of the, the lyrics and the potency and, and how real a lot of mm. the Christian rap is. It's very pointed at everyday problems for everyday people. Yeah. So... Uh, Ironically, for the last week, I've been shaking a lot of bushes locally to get some people together to sponsor, host, or allure a Christian rap concert to come to town. I mean, they're already planning on coming here for a music shoot, music video, so photo Tell them shoot. to bring their like... instruments and everything. Let's let's make it a party. I, I'm really happy about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you mentioned doing concerts and stuff um, with your family and getting to attend these, uh, and it is... In my experience, I can't find one closer than Indy, which is still, you know, almost an hour drive. And between myself, my close friends, and then my fiance, we have probably been to at least eight or nine concerts within the last five years. Mm-hmm. And all all Christian concerts, um, what's I'm referring to? And it's like you said, you got uh, you got KB, who's almost every year the top of my Spotify playlist, yep. always the top for most played at the end of the year. You got Lecrae, Andy Minio. Uh, uh, Tripoli and all those guys, and uh, you got Bizzle, Dayton, yes. Mission. Yep, uh, Ty Basil or Ty Ty Basil, I think B A S S E L. He's he's getting big. I uh, I'm really fond of like the artists that only get like a thousand followers. So I always try to find the newest. Yeah, you know, try try to get that itch. Uh, and then you also have like Social Club. They're starting to like branch yeah. off and get signed by CMG. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. I didn't Where's know we had Derek that coming. Minor, yes, uh, <laughs> Cannon and Derage are actually two of my favorite. Flame, very, yeah. very lesser known for um, for that record company. So there's a there's a new group that just came onto my radar this week, mm-hmm. and um, so I listen to Brian T a lot. Also, King, yep. Kingdom Music, but there's a group, and I I don't know how to say his name yet. Okay, it's number five, and then I V E. So I don't know if it's, it's five, five. five. Uh, or just, just five, five. Yeah. or you know that's that's some of the whiteness in me coming out that I just don't get it sometimes uh, but, it, race has nothing to do with uh, just culture that's right culture, I'm man. uncultured I guess I could go with that so, um, so so we've been talking with some other groups and other ministry partners locally to how can we 
uh, just kind of make a party out of it. Right? Yeah. So I, I get pumped and excited about how can we do some a little bit crazy things, mm-hmm. right? Like Christian rap, most people would say is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but maybe have a Christian rap concert in a church and have some food catered in or order a big pile of pizzas or something. And then we can do like a service project while we're there and everybody can write love letters to some of their inmates, friends in jail. Or See, that, put a, put on a concert up. for the jail. That's right. Yeah, we that can do it in the cool. jail. Yeah. Take our tour on the on the road. You'd be, be cool. surprised. So I I assume you're into rap. You've heard of Social Club at least, right? Yeah, yeah they're they're signed by a larger label now. Back um, just four years ago, before they got signed by CMG, I attended one of their concerts, and it was in a church's gymnasium, and mm-hmm. they performed on a like an upper stage, and I I don't know how they got the funding for this, but the dad was a cop. And he was throwing his son a birthday party. So they had some Christian rappers flown out specifically for his son's birthday. I don't know wow. if they were rich or if the price was that low at the time. Yep. But I'm just saying, um, I think if they can get a kid's birthday party with one of the larger Christian groups right now, uh, just four years ago, maybe we could get them before they get big as well. Yeah. All right, I'll work with you on that. We'll see if we can lock it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's going to be excited to hear about this. All right, but I think you guys have limited time today. So we are we are about seven minutes out. Uh, it just changed on me. We're about six minutes out <laughs> from uh, starting to have to wrap up. But let's talk a little bit about how your guys' missions, um, how your visions for the work that you got into, how that has evolved over time. Because I'm sure you're renting out clunkers. You didn't start out with a fleet. You know, you're not you're not Hertz or a, a rental company. Yeah. And then I'm sure. We've talked a little bit about your your initial start, um, but is it just a Sunday project for you? Like, is this something that you just you've made a habit, or has this um, started to attach itself to more of your personality, to more of your lifestyle? So the the kind of the shift over time. So for me, I I didn't feel a lot of those pressures to check certain boxes or have quotas of how many cars do I need to flip this week, right? Mm-hmm. So um, initially. It was just kind of, I have a Craigslist addiction. I love searching Craigslist, just looking for weird things, you know, to, yeah. to purchase if I can get a good deal on it. And I just, if if I can find a $5,000 car and buy it for less than $500, that's interesting to me. So yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go meet some guy in a dark alley in downtown Indianapolis at 3 a.m. and buy this clunker with no title and a big bad story behind it. And just like the grosser, the more exciting that gets. But that right? doesn't surprise me here because a lot of these people listening are probably on audio only and they're not on YouTube watching. I think about 50% of our analytics doesn't visibly see it. For you guys that don't see it, this is a one of the largest men I've ever seen. <laughs> He's probably well over six foot and he looks like he could bench press the cars home. At least the water bottle, if not. <laughs> But it's, yeah, but it's, very large. It's, it's fun. It's a sport. I mean, I never really feel uncomfortable generally in, yeah. in our own state or our towns, you know, but, uh, to find for, for me, it initially started as a sport, right? If I, if I could go buy this, uh, this $5,000 car for 500 bucks, fix it up and sell it. That's how I used to fund my, my alcohol habit. I used to be a, a raging alcoholic. I've been sober for about four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so something to replace that with yeah. uh, is for me is tinkering with cars and keeping my hands busy. So uh, I've found that I can still do those same weird like hunt Craigslist hunting, right? Uh, but now if I do it for a better cause or a better purpose, if I still get that really good deal instead of flipping it for profit, yeah. if I can sell that car for $500 to somebody and um, that transition kind of we've morphed it 
little bit over time to where uh, if we find a client or a neighbor that uh, they can't afford $500 because whatever their circumstance is, uh, we work with them on payment plans. Mm-hmm. But but if this young lady that just gets out of jail, if she can't afford 500, we might talk, can we do 100 a month? Yeah. Right? And make it palatable for her. Uh, but I don't want her to come pay me. Mm-hmm. I want to help her find a mentor. I want her to meet with her mentor, pay the mentor, and work all that through to really forge relationships with smart Christian women that could be good role models for that neighbor. My, my brain's going crazy now. Just everything you're saying is like uh, all these people that I know is like, oh, they might be interested in helping. You know, like uh, we've talked to Brian Kendrick and they have the rehabilitation home. They're, they're building much closer than the, the Kentucky one, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you know, you could actually go from prison to actual rehabilitation because I think overwhelmingly the U.S.'s uh, prison system isn't designed for rehabilitating. You That's know, right. it's, a, it's a slap on the wrist. It's a punishment sentence. But there a lot of people, unless people come into the uh, as a ministry, a lot of those people don't find healthy uh, uh, replacement habits That's like right. working on a car. So you go to prison for alcohol, you come out and then now what do I do? I, I don't idle hands. I'm going to start drinking again. So that's, that's, right. that's really cool that you're able to pay that forward, not just with the cars, but offer them these suggestions of like, I want you to use this money to better yourself again. Yeah. We so, meet with them. We talk about budgeting. We talk about how much car can I afford? Hey, you're going to have to start setting some money aside. You're going to have to do an oil change in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of that adulting 101 conversation. And right. some people need that, you know, yeah. like not everybody's given the same opportunities to learn growing up. And, right. and some people grow at a different pace and learn. <laughs> our guest is raising their hand. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. Everybody does learn at a different pace. And I think it's um, it's calloused in a way to, to hold everybody to the expectation. If you're yeah. skilled, you know, that's awesome. But it doesn't mean everybody else will be in that same way. Uh, and I, uh, we did talk about your evolution a little bit about how it changed your perspective on goal setting mm-hmm. and maybe it's not bad to have goals, but maybe the goals we have aren't exactly the ideal ones for bettering ourselves as a, an individual. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, yeah, the evolution and I, you had started by asking earlier, has it, how has it changed my life or kind of, whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah. So repeat my, what, where do you want me to go? This is for you to talk about wherever you want to go. Uh, The original question was talking about the evolution of Mm -hmm. whenever you first started the ministry Mm -hmm. versus where it is now and how has it changed, whether it be your habits or your personality or um, the vision you had for this ministry. How has that changed? Okay. Um, Well, some of my, my habits and how it's changed, I think is, as I talked about before, um, just with learning where God, um, wants me to put my, um, my value and, and understanding what people are getting out of the ministry and those things. But, um, it's made my time with God and much more dependent on him than I would be if I were not doing mm-hmm. this type of ministry. Um, because I have realized that it's not me that people need, it's him, uh, in a much more tangible way because I'm, I'm around people all the time that are in desperate need of him. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not, my relationship with him is not solid, then what they're getting is me and my own um, take on a situation or my values or those sorts of things. And that's not what they need. That's not going to help them in the long run. I mean, it it didn't get me anywhere good, so it's not going to get them anywhere good. Um, 
And so what they need is Jesus. And if I'm not with him and dependent on him, then it's, then they're going to get, um, just not what they need. They're, they're not yeah. going to get him. So it has, uh, trans, I guess the, the transformation in my life then has transformed my ministry to be much more about Jesus and, um, about truth. So where I, when I first started the ministry, it was kind of like, okay, what's going on in your life? And I would kind of talk about how we might be able to change that. And now I sit down if I've got a relationship with you and I know what's going on, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about what you need to do or not do. Um, we're going to talk about what scripture says. We're not going to talk about, um, what I think you should or shouldn't do. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. now it's about, um, I'm just, I guess it's life or death, right? I realize that the ministry and what we're doing here, it's life or death because people don't have, are not guaranteed tomorrow. And when you're, when you're working with people, a lot of the people that we do work with are in addiction and you, you, it's, you never know what's going to happen. And, um, so I gotta be real when it, when I have the opportunity, you know, I gotta, I gotta be real about what Jesus wants for your life and to share his love for you and how great that that is and how it can transform you. Right. Um, so (laughs) got to talk about that. Um, so it's transformed. It's made it, I mean, John used the word potent earlier talking about rap music, but it's made, I think my ministry more potent because it's, Mm -hmm. it's serious. Yeah. Whenever there's, whenever it's a, let me finish that first thought. And then before I start jumping around, <laughs> uh, whenever there's something at stake, it gives the situation value. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about how I was listening to Andy Minio on his podcast, actually, and it's part of his album as well. Uh, whenever the, the, the reason death is, is beautiful is that with it, it makes each breath important mm-hmm. because you have a finite amount, you have a limited amount. And within each of those breaths that, but like from the time you're born to the time you die, you have that dash and it's how much can you get done within that time? And that's for the most part, everybody's goal, whether they're a Christian or not, it's like, what can I get done in this time? Whether they want to live for themselves, other people do ministries, live for God and share his message, whatever that be. And if it weren't for death, people would just put things off. And it adds so much more value and meaning to the relationships because it's like, well, I mean, he's spending time with me. It's like, well, what else is he going to do forever? You know, it's like it's intentional then and it matters. So I think that's really cool. Uh, Well, uh, it is 533 in the room. Do you need to step out? You want to? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Your stay? Yeah. Yeah. Already. Oh, that's so cute. Thank you. You're really welcome. Nice to meet you, nice to meet you as well. Are you stepping out too? Yeah. For, for girls' date night? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ooh. She's uh, Leo's bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> My fiance's having her date night with all of her friends, uh, all of her bachelorette friends. So hope you guys have a good one. Would you mind shutting that behind? Thank you. Perfect. All right. Yeah, we were actually, uh, I, I was kind of rushing through all the questions earlier just so that way we could get her as much time to talk on all the subjects and allow her to, to voice herself That's good. Uh, so we actually don't have too many more questions left but we can wrap this up and if not then we can talk about like rap or, or cars or yeah let's <laughs> go deep you know whatever you like <laughs> whatever you want to go on to um so i was going to ask what is the uh the thing that has helped you learn the most some people it's the the uh, just the hands-on experience some people it's a mentor a book i mean the bible's kind of a cop-out but if it is share on it man i want to hear well i i don't like claiming that uh 
the Bible is uh, the reason for a lot of my change because I'm just a horrible student. I, I really struggle with the discipline and, and, and picking it up and being mm-hmm. the man I want to be in a lot of ways. So, um, But anytime that I do struggle with topics, uh, I did uh, – there's a time in my life when I had a lot of messes in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And working through those topics through the Bible gave me foundation. Right, yeah. It gave me what the Bible says and then trying to – study through that and understand what's going on, what's God trying to say. That was extremely helpful. Uh, secondly, uh, some of my spiritual superheroes that have been put in my life, whether it's, uh, Leah's dad, uh, Eric Retram or, um, Mark Miller, who was one of the guys that kind of welcomed me at Terrace Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, a half a dozen or 10 guys probably that I would say during that season when there was a lot of turbulence and a lot of the, my messes were kind of coming undone and blowing up in my face. Mm-hmm. Um, working through that, there were a lot of smart guys there to pick me up and kind of point me towards a better path. Right. So seeing that has inspired a lot of the effort that I want to do. I'm not that smart evangelistic guy, right? I can't just spit off Bible verses all the time or those yeah. kind of things uh, that I would love to be, but I'm just not equipped that way. So uh, I try and live my role as a humble servant, right? And mm-hmm. that's something I can do. I can wake up every morning. I can work hard. I can do my thing and go to bed uh, and not lose sleep at night over my behavior or my actions, you know? Yeah. So that transition, um, just spending time at first with some of those guys was, for me, it was weird when they'd say, hey, could you go to breakfast with me before work? Or could you, you want to grab lunch? You know, I never really thought mm-hmm. about the social aspect as it blends through the day, right? Uh, so that's working with uh, working with the company, my company now. With I work for Thrivent, and I told you I meet with Christians all day, and we talk about finances and wherever they're at in their life and how to work through whatever their goals are. Uh, but I'm meeting with smart Christians all day, every day. Mm-hmm. I meet with a lot of pastors, a lot of elders. It just makes for a really rich day. So my normal business kind of puts me in there, but then these guys are pouring into me at the same time. So they're always building me up and I come home more energized or built up than when I left, you know, so work doesn't take it out of me, which, um, during that rocky time, finding my purpose, that was really helpful in that, uh, I can go to work, I can make my contributions for Mm -hmm. a good cause during the day. And I don't feel like I'm laboring in vain. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you mentioned your messes. Uh, how did those develop? Was that just lacking responsibility and not upholding certain certain responsibilities, I guess? Or was it um, just turn of events, luck? How does that occur? Well, I, I, I went through a divorce uh, maybe almost seven years ago now or six years ago. And um, for, for me, that was tough, right? Seeing my kids leave uh, at the time. Yeah. My kids were kind of preteen. That was a really painful time for me. And... A lot of it was just my boneheaded choices in my past, right? And alcohol was an issue and just mm-hmm. me not being a great man, right? So, and all that led up to kind of that volatile explosion. And then afterwards, I spiraled for a while, right? Mm-hmm. I turned uh, to alcohol. I was drinking way more than I should be uh, every day. That was kind of my normal. And it would just didn't give me uh, kind of goals or, or tasks to... Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a recovering engineer also, I tell people. So, uh, I'm a kind of nerdy math. I like process. I like structure. I like logic, you know, those kind of things. Just not uh, reading. Yeah. Not reading. So <laughs> I can read blueprints. I can read car magazines. I can memorize a, yeah. a two, you know, a thousand page repair manual, but 
you know, to read like a paragraph in the newspaper or, you know, something a little softer. I just really struggle with that kind of reading, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but, um, on the, on that transition side, uh, going through that, there was, there was a season where, you know, I was wondering, uh, what's, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What's God Mm -hmm. want for me? And I realized that I was raised Catholic. I had a good, good upbringing, all, all of that. Um, and I went through the motions. I went to a Catholic school. It was all, uh, every opportunity to learn a lot and, and have it impact my life. But a lot of it, I didn't take seriously. I knew the Bible, I would say even into my young thirties or mid thirties, I knew the Bible as more of a history book. There were a lot of great stories in it, but I never really connected. I'm, I'm a pretty dense guy. You know, I never really connected between my head and my heart or yeah. what's this story mean for me? What's God trying to tell me in this situation, this circumstance? What can I learn from that guy? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in real life, in my daily interactions, I can see mentors. I can watch their mistakes and I can say, I don't want to live like that. Or I'm a lot better at it, see, yeah. seeing it out. So I'm a visual person. Um, but reading stories and that I really just struggled with. But like I said, those guys that pointed me towards the, towards the word or towards other positive areas. Mm-hmm. And then I attribute, uh, the purpose thing. I, I went to a men's breakfast and, and Josh Burnett was there speaking. Yeah. And good guy. he was asking questions like, uh, the first question is, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Right. Second question was, what are you good at? Mm-hmm. And that's not always the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, in some cases, but then uh, follow, following that up, he was asking, what's God been training you to do for your whole life, right? So for me, some of that self-reflection was I've always worked on cars. That means I have some mechanic skills. I like finding a good deal, right? Mm-hmm. So I like saving money. I like the sport of saving money, all those kind of things because I'm a cheapskate, right? Um, but I also like helping others, right? So I've spent my whole life, uh, you know, bumping through kind of, positive areas, but I do enjoy helping others or, or kind of sharing that, that light. So his, he gave a sermon that kind of tied all those together. Mm-hmm. Right. And that really helped me to focus my professional career instead of helping big companies save money. I want to help people save money yeah. to where I can make an impact on individuals or families. And some of my baggage to what you were talking about, some of my mess, um, divorce, a lot of divorces are a result of finance problems. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, to get a role as a personal finance guy in that financial space, if I can coach people to that, that's one other way that maybe I can help some couples avoid some of the same yeah. traps that I set for myself, right? So, so did you have the financing background prior to? The... A little bit, okay. yeah. So yeah. so I went to my undergrads in mechanical engineering. I yeah. got here in Columbus. Purdue, then, Polytech, that's the same yep. alma mater. That's right. My daughter's a freshman out there now, right, studying mechanical nice. engineering. So, yeah, it's a good school. And then... Uh, a lot of my mentors at the time, I was an Eagle Scout back, you know, a lot of my Boy Scout leaders and mentors in my early 20s said, keep going on, don't stop, right? Yep. Go ahead and get your MBA, don't don't take a break from school, right? But I had a baby in high school, right? Uh, my daughter, that's why I said I got started a little bit earlier than I probably should have. But uh, for her, like missing that time at home, I was a full-time student, I worked full-time to try and provide for a family, and but all my all the smart people around me said, don't quit going to school. Once you start getting that free time, you won't want to go back. So I plowed through and got my MBA when I was around 25 and I switched roles or kind of careers instead of being more 
engineering or customer engineering, field engineering. I did more cost savings analytics type projects for big companies. Mm -hmm. And that got me into a lot of the nerdy math and analytics to try and find ways like Six Sigma type stuff. Everybody yep. around here uh, hears that. Right? Yeah, the, taking the classes. Yep. <laughs> so much fun. It's just a bunch of statistics. That's right. Yeah. So you had uh, mentioned like the meaning aspect. So, uh, or at least like lacking it with with the lack of goals came like the lack of meaning and the lack of purpose. Uh, so that had changed as you developed more goals for yourself or? Well, I would say as I, as I was shifting through that, I realized that a lot of my priorities mm -hmm. weren't built on a solid foundation, yeah. right? They were making more money or they were having fancier cars or those kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the keeping up with the Joneses topics yeah. uh, that I was chasing. And, and that was with people, with relationships as well, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for deep in relation, real relationships. I was looking for quick things or, you know, a lot of the wrong stuff at the time. And like I said, there was just a lot of aspects or facets of my life that were inappropriate or weren't the man. I'd be happy if my kids saw that on the newspaper, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Uh, so that realization took, took me probably six or eight months to kind of, that was a, a journey over, over, you know, a couple seasons where I was starting to realize why am I doing this? Or when I would say my old jokes that I used to tell with all my buddies, I'd say that in my new circle of friends and they all kind of look at me like I'm an idiot, right? Yeah. Or like, hey, you're, that's not appropriate, right? So right. that feedback that kind of shapes you and molds you, uh, like Leah talked about, change your circumstance, you got to change your surroundings and mm -hmm. change the people that, um, that you involve yourself with, right? Yeah, there's a... A gentleman that's uh, he studies psychology, uh, personal uh, growth in a way, and he he speaks on like your individual meaning for your for yourself, the way you view yourself. Your meaning is directly proportional proportional to the amount of responsibility you take. Hmm. So like if you if you just go to work and that's it, like you probably do have meaning. Like you're you're going in, you clock in, you set your schedule. But like once you have a kid. And then you become a parent. It's like, well, there's more responsibility. But if you're not upholding it, mm -hmm. then you lack. Then you're you're basically taking that meaning away from yourself that otherwise you could have had, um, like being a good husband or um, upholding like your responsibilities at work, yeah. upholding ministries. The more that that you have, uh, the more meaning you have. And it's not just because you're adding value to people around you, right. but it's like a it's a personal like we're designed to work. We're designed yeah. to be social. And the more you do that, uh, I, I feel like that is partly related to like your serotonin, like that it will release positive positivity in yourself. And then usually, I mean, you don't want to have so many responsibilities that you work yourself to death. Like you said, there are certain things that you want to overlap. And I don't know if you've heard of this before, but as you're talking about the Josh Burnett thing, um, there's a Japanese concept called, uh, I, I don't, I think it's just the acronym, but it's I-K-I-K. G A I and it's like Iki Ikigai. And it's so what do you love? What are you good at? What can you be paid for and what the world needs? Okay. And you want to find the the ideal of like your purpose in life to find that job that really matches for you is to find one that all of those circles or all those spheres overlap and that's like your the the dream job for an individual. And everybody's gonna be different. But uh where they start to overlap, what you love and what you're good at would be a passion. And what you love and what you need and what the world needs is a mission. 
So like you love looking up these deals. The world needs people to help them find good deals. Like that is your mission. That's mm-hmm. what your side business right. would be. Uh, what the world needs and what you get paid for, engineering or financing, that's a vocation. Now, if you love it, then that adds a little more complexity. And then what you're good at and what you can be paid for it is a profession. That's right. You know, maybe you don't love it. You know, for me, um, one of the main reasons I studied engineering was it's a really good fallback. Like mm-hmm. I can do it. I, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. And I, I'm pretty good at it. And um, you can get paid for it. The world needs engineers. So for me, it was either a profession or vocation. And those kind of met in the middle. Uh, luckily for me, it was like the videography, the media worked out in the way. So what I loved, what the world needed, what I was good at, and what I can get paid for, you know, depending on the client. Right. Uh, it started to align a little bit. So it's always uh, interesting to me whenever I see other people doing that. And for me, it's one of my side missions is to help people find what it is for them, similar to how, you know, Josh was in that situation where That's he right. goes up and he, he teaches people to, to be introspective, to be reflective of what their values are. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense in that the more you can hone in your activities, right? So if you think about if you have 24 hours in a day, the more hours that you can put in the center of that, mm-hmm. those crosshairs, probably the more accomplished you're going to feel in yeah. a positive way, not a pride way. But um, I think of examples in my past where when I worked in corporate America, I worked for Cummins, I worked for Toyota, then mm-hmm. I got into consulting where I was meeting with mostly Fortune 100 clients. Mm-hmm. But when you go into those meetings, I had to wear a suit and tie. I really mm-hmm. had to check my faith at the door. I had to check a lot of my attitude at the door, you know, because I'm kind of a zany, weird guy sometimes. But uh, to be able to leave, I had to leave that outside if I wanted to accomplish the task of whatever mm-hmm. the business purpose was or to get people on my team or to get everybody bought in to where we were going, those kind of things, to be a leader. You have to be polished. And I had to try and fit myself into that image right yeah and that was okay I did an okay job at it those kind of things but I didn't really like it almost felt like I was two-faced at times right if I got to go put my professional guy hat on and then after five o'clock you know we might go out and drink a gallon of sweet tea and get crazy and ride four wheelers through the woods really fast you know and be stupid but uh, those are two different people almost right and that's where I was so uh, working in the corporate space, when when Thrivent called me and they said, "Hey John, we're a Christian faith-based financial services company. Yeah, you'll be selling life insurance and disability insurance." I said, "No, thanks. I mean, I'm not a used car salesman, right? Yep. Uh, none of those kind of things." But then they said, "You get to help people with their finances. You get to help people save money. You get to touch lives, make a difference." Uh, some of those Was factors. The guy letting you know this a salesman. Uh, he was, well, maybe he was a recovering salesman. He was a recruiter or manager, like you know, reaching out to everything he knows that you wanted out of the job. That's right. But, but I was kind of, I was still kind of on the fence about it because I, I didn't want to be a salesman. Right. So, yeah. uh, to find that balance. But then at the end they said, well, we're a Christian organization. When we get together as a team, we start with a prayer. We do a, a yeah. devotional together as a team. And I, that just smacked me across the face because I've never done lived fully with my coworkers, right? That I'm walking, they're my family in some ways, right? So to the guys that I spend the most time with, to be real with them all the way through, that was really intriguing for me, right? Mm -hmm. And then when they said, we're not afraid in public to tell people we love Jesus, you know, you can't really go preaching that through the halls at Cummins or Toyota, you know, those kind of places. So uh, I, I feel like you could, For and if anyone while, said anything, then yeah. you could like claim, you know, like, uh, I don't know, discrimination against your religious values. I don't know. They'd That's probably fair. ask you to stop. Yeah. They probably it wouldn't go on long. 
Yeah. So uh, we talk about the learning. Uh, what what are the misunderstandings people have about you, your business, whatever? Like, what stands out to you the most as like, please stop asking me this, or just yeah. the question you have to answer the most? So uh, we get the question a lot: How do I get a free car? Right. Uh, so they don't really understand our mission or our purpose. They just know we give away cheap or free cars, right? Yeah. Which is true in a lot of cases. Uh, initially we gave away a lot of free cars and that was really fun. I mean, it's almost like I'm playing the price. Right. Everybody gets a free here, yeah. car and just pass them out like they're playing Oprah cards. Winfrey you know? down here. So that was really fun for a while. But when I would follow up with those people or check in with them, they were kind of squandering it away or, or not, uh, they kind of take, had taken it for granted or I, yeah. I felt kind of abused in the relationship that uh, I was giving them something, right? But I didn't really know what to ask in return. So it's, I mismanaged those expectations. It's, you know, that's, I'm not blaming it on them or anything right. like that. But, but that's how you learn. That's right. So that was kind of our initial uh, place with the, with the car ministry. But then over time, we realized that even if I only have $100 in a, invested in this car, if it's worth two or 3000, I'm still comfortable selling it for 500 bucks, right? Yeah. They're getting a good deal. Uh, but again, uh, I've almost turned that into uh, the, the sale or that transaction of the car is almost immaterial. I would rather they set up a payment plan and they're meeting with that mentor. So we've really funneled or focused our, I would say a year ago, I would have said we run a car ministry that does some mentoring on the side, mm-hmm. right? But I, I'd say we flipped that. Like I want a mentoring ministry that happens to fix cars and flip cars on the side, right? So when you talk about Caleb coming out to the barn, if mm-hmm. I can get three or four cr- good, smart Christian mechanics that are working on cars. Three or four Calebs. Yeah, three or four more of Calebs. If you, if you know anybody, you know. Good luck. He's one of a kind. But uh, getting some of our neighbors to come out and help us work on cars, mm-hmm. right? For for young guys that maybe don't have a great father figure or they just maybe dad doesn't do mechanic stuff and for them to be in a positive environment where they can yeah. work on that stuff with us. That's really cool. Yeah, I bet I guarantee you could find some people, even within this region, that would be interested in just like as a, a, a mentorship program mm-hmm. for them. Whether, I don't know, I, I assumed you wanted Christians, but like I'm sure there's still tons of people yep. uh, that are interested in learning those skills. I mean, I, myself included, I don't know. Yeah, we Enough. not all of our mechanics are Christians. So so we have one that's a, a Buddhist, and honestly, I don't know a lot about that religion. But he's a nice guy. He's courteous. You know, he, he comes out. We have fun together as, yeah. as kind of guys fellowship, and that doesn't really interrupt us. You know, I mean, it's not a thing that that hangs us up or anything like that. But yeah. he's always welcome when he comes out, and we have fun with him. And I guarantee, if you quizzed him, he probably upholds more of the Ten Commandments than most Christians do. Yeah, he could. <laughs> you know, he seems like he's living right. You yeah, know, and yeah. and he's trying to show love to his neighbors. You know, he may not know that. Yeah, that's a biblical thing, also, but it may be a Buddhist thing too. I, I don't yeah, know, right? no, that's so. uh, we've talked a little bit off camera about that. The uh, the benefits of having people different around you. Uh, whether that be religious, ethnic, cultural, uh, just different vocations, getting to have that time to build a relationship and learn from them. Uh, I think there's so much that we we can learn from other cultures that actually do align with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, I've never thought of it from that perspective. And it's not until you hear, you know, uh, yeah, whether that be a Buddhist or any other religion share a message. You're like, oh, my gosh, that really does that speaks to me and that's something I feel convicted about that I should have been upholding that's even right. through my own faith. Yeah. Uh, plus it's always cool to learn about other people. That's right. But I, I'd say one of the other things that I, um, you ask about struggles and, and those kind of things. 
uh, when people call me. So my number is out. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I've been in Columbus my whole life. I've had probably the same cell phone my whole adult life. But a lot of people are hearing about our car ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So they're calling me all day long. You know, I might get five or 10 calls a day. How do I get a car? I get a voicemail. Hey, my car's broke down. I'm on the side of the road. Can you help me get a car? Right. And I'm not, a, I'm not very good at that emergency response yeah. because I'm doing my day job. Right. Yeah. Or you're not a record service. Right. I can be right at, right. at 2 AM when I don't have other commitments, but it seems like <clears throat> for me, I'm, I'm new with, with this financial advisory role. Uh, so I have to invest a lot of time to get it up and going and it's, mm-hmm. it's a small business. Right. So, um, a lot of my attention goes, attention goes there. But when people call me, like my heart just almost breaks for some of them when they say, Hey, I'm trying to leave my abusive ex-boyfriend and he's all strung out on drugs and I need, I need this thing. And it's just, I hear a lot of sob stories, right? Everybody's in a lot of pain that I, that wants to come to our ministry. And for me, sometimes that's a heavy burden that I can't keep up with. Right. And and then I feel bad because like, I want to show them love. I just don't have the capacity to like, I want to reach out to them and say, Hey, it'll be okay, but I'm going to put you on the waiting list and it might be eight months or, or whatever, you know, that just doesn't feel good sometimes. Are you guys registered as a charity by chance? Yeah. So we're a 501c3. We're also an LLC. Um, Do you hear that people? If you guys, this man, he's struggling to maintain capacity and he's a charity. So I feel like there's some sort of tax write-offs here in terms of donations. If people wanted to reach out to you, uh, we'll we'll talk about sharing your links here in a minute um, because we do need to wrap this up soon. But the point being, this is something that other people, even if they don't have the skills or the time to invest right. to help your ministry grow, some people are very financially well off. And that's, that is a gift in a way. And if they wanted to pass that along to you so that they know that their money's going somewhere well used, uh, that's an option, right? That's right. All right. Good. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just thought yeah. that was really cool because I know you mentioned it earlier. And while I do run a business, I'm not too familiar with the the, the charity side of yeah organization right right on uh so what's um advice for you what's uh the biggest piece of advice you have for people uh listening whether that be about charity whether that be about uh finding uh, their ministry sobriety uh talking about your wife's ministry whether they're in the the system trying to get out uh what advice do you have yeah i would say to to start with uh what i focus on is 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 baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm part of Dave Ramsey's program. I'm a, you know, the smart Vester pro, those, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And he, and Dave preaches about the baby steps probably better than anyone. He's made that kind of famous, right? And with, with baby steps that if you can apply that to about any area of your life, right? So I think of things like what's one thing I can do differently today. Uh, I went to Brian Kendrick's house or that, um, the Truman house yeah. right, that he was part of. And, um, one of the themes that I took out of that family meeting, uh, maybe la- this was just last weekend, was um, in your day, you might do 45 little tasks. Or we probably do 4,000 or something, but think on your checklist today is 45 little things. But if you can do each of them well, like brush your teeth, take a shower, make your bed, right? Normal things that when we forget a couple of them, that can stack up and make for a bad day, yes. right? But uh, what I, one of the areas I need to tell myself is have discipline, be obedient, focus, uh, commitment to the cause, right? Whatever those things are for those, for me to stack up my baby steps to make for a good day. I have some ideas of what I want to get accomplished today, but more importantly, when God closes one door, opens a different door mm-hmm. on my day, 
I can't let that wreck my personality. I can't get down on it and understand that. I got to accept this is what it is, right? Yeah. So for me, I've, I'm pretty good at shifting gears and losing some of that emotion, ignoring some of that emotion and focusing on the next thing, right? And I can do my baby steps, right? So when I work with, uh, when Leah and I work together on projects, sometimes we change paces at different speeds, right? Or uh, I go around that corner a lot sooner than she does or vice versa. And when we're not on the same page, that causes a lot of emotional conflict, uh, a lot of stress, like she talked about. Uh, when she has expectations of me that this Saturday I'm going to go fix six cars and have them ready to sell by, by next week. Uh, and she's starting to promise cars to people and I'm telling her, Hey, Saturday, I'm doing something else. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm only going to fix one or two cars this weekend. Right. So, um, when we're not on the same page, so communication's tough for everybody. Uh, yeah, so you're right? gonna say it's communication. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of, a lot of marriages, a lot of couples that I talk to that are struggling with things, uh, that's, that's a piece of it is understanding how to talk. And if you don't know how to talk, ask a friend, uh, ask a counselor, find somebody smart that you trust, ask them how to work through these topics. If you work for a company and they offer a health plan and you're on the health plan, chances are you have therapy. That's Usually right. it's like one to five classes for free available to you. I highly recommend it. Therapy's great. Absolutely. Ta feelings are not awful, um, despite what a lot of young males are taught as a kid. That's right. Um, you shouldn't bottle it up. No. Right? A lot of times, even just talking through it with somebody that may not be interested or may be unbiased in that regard. Yeah. Uh, just for me to verbalize some of those things and say, is that really what I think? Or is that really what I mean? And when I hear it, mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's a good gut check because for me, I'm a, I'm generally a, a very quiet guy. I listen a lot. I observe yeah. people a lot. I watch people, I study them, but I don't project out of, out of my mouth too often. I, I just found this out um, the other day. Uh, there's two types of people. Uh, I mean, there's many, there's many <laughs> types of people, but in terms of thinking, I guess there's two types of very polar opposite people. Uh, and I'm sure there's a spectrum of in between, but when you watch a movie and somebody's thinking and they hear a voice inside their head talking, not everybody has that. Yep. Some people see words. Some people see numbers. They'll see figures. Some people see flashes of images. For me, I have that internal narrative. So I can like process things on my own. And uh, that is a type of, uh, of thinking uh, that they call introverted or extroverted thinking. Some people have to externally process it by you and I have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it may sound like this is a very opinionated side of me, but this is the first time I ever had this thought. Yeah. Other people, you know, they need that time alone. They need to process it. They need time to think. Uh, so talking about communication, like, there are so many different things that people just assume this is the way I do it. So this way you're going to do it. And if whenever they get off track, uh, it, it is very challenging for people to wrap their heads around it if they're not, you know, uh, vocationally trained in either psychology or some sort of uh, communications uh, background. And then also you have like the spiritual sides and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, but if people are in need of uh, recommendations and you don't mind reading or at least the audiobooks right now my fiance and I are taking the his needs her needs class okay. it, it is a Christian based book uh, and they talk a lot about um, the uh, the individual needs that one likes in the relationship so mm -hmm. things that matter to one person are different to the other they talk about how to communicate that in a healthy way how to receive criticism and then improve on it without taking it personally yeah. uh, 
but I don't recommend that book first. I recommend The Meaning of Marriage first. By Tim. Yeah. Uh, by, yeah, is it Tim Keller? Yep. Yeah, I love that book because what I the, saw you had it down here. Yeah, I, we, we have basically a whole library in here. Uh, library for me, at least. I don't read a lot. My fiance reads to me in the car. <laughs> I, I listened to that one on tape. So, yeah. So when Leah and I started uh, dating or getting serious, mm-hmm. uh, we did some premarital counseling, and that's that was the foundation. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so I would listen to it and to, to prepare for our counseling sessions, and it was fantastic, right? I mean, it, yeah. coming, I would say before that, I had a total worldview of marriage, right? And it really differentiates that of what's the secular or world that yeah. secular worldview or purpose of marriage compared to what has God created for us what's mm-hmm. the purpose of marriage it what the reason I recommend that book first is because it sets the mindset of what it means to be a servant leader yeah. now if you read the other the the his needs her needs first and you don't have the right mindset what you're going to take away from that book or at least what I would have taken away is these are the things about my fiance or my wife that I, or my girlfriend, whatever it is that I don't like. And now I'm going to try my best to change those about him. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you read his, um, the meaning of marriage first, it puts the mindset of what it means to love somebody properly, like you said, in the Christian context, and also explains what it means to be a servant leader. And so then your mindset is, how can I serve them? Mm-hmm. And then when you read his needs, her needs, your your goal is no longer to change your partner. Like, of course, you want them to know what it is that you like in the relationship and things that you admire or things that you look forward to. But as I'm reading through this book, it's much more prominent to me that I love her and I want to know what she enjoys mm-hmm. or what she wants out of the relationship so I can serve her. And then, of course, she's in that same mindset because we've gone through this, these uh, situations together. And now she wants to do the same thing. So now you have two people wanting to serve each other in the mm-hmm. best way they can. Yep. And for us, that has helped our communication tremendously, uh, mostly because they were topics we never even thought about, uh, like the idea of, um, of, of liking physical. Now, that's a very masculine trait. I, it's more common when studied that the male finds a physical appearance uh, meaningful in the relationship than females. So if you rank them out of like the 10 attributes, most mi- more men would rate that higher than most women. Not always, but you know, generally. Um, so these are concepts like that she was foreign to. And it's like, so why, why does that work that way for you? Like, why is that what drives you in a relationship? Mm-hmm. And for her, it's like, um, we actually did have our second ones over aligned and it was like affection. So then it's like, well, those things are naturally working. So those yeah. aren't a a cor- uh, source of conflict right. for us, uh, but you know that's that's what's helped us. I'm not married yet. Yep. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a judge. I can't speak uh, definitively on this topic. That's just what's helped me. Well, you're going into it with your eyes open, right? I mean, you'll, you're <laughs> understanding and learning, and I think that's appropriate because you'll you'll learn that as you. I mean, every relationship there's compromise, good or bad, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you guys are on the same understanding or same playing field you'll know that compromise should bring you closer together, right? It's, you're not holding out over here, expecting her to come all the way or, or vice mm-hmm. versa. But uh, I think for me, that's been a, a big shift in the last few years is understanding how to play well with others, right? And, and how to <laughs> have fun at the same time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, at the end of the day, in any relationship, uh, whether that be somebody you're intimate with uh, dating or whatever, uh, whether that be a family member, assuming that it's not a toxic relationship you guys want the same thing 
You know, one of you doesn't want kids, one of you does want kids. Well, the goal is you want a good family, you want a good, happy family, and you have different approaches to it. So as long as, in my experience, as long as I keep in mind that giving people the benefit of the doubt and that we have the same goals and that we voice that, it's like, do you want a good family? It's like, well, of course I want one. So it's like, all right, now here's our two different approaches. How can we compromise and find some sort of middle ground? And whether that be something extreme like uh, where do we want to live or something like where do we want to eat, it's like we're both hungry. That's right. (laughs) We both want to be fed. Neither one of us want to be cranky in the car yelling. So it's like, all right, well, how can we find that middle ground? That's right. All right. Well, do you have uh, actually let's let's go ahead and do the links. Let's talk about you and what it is that you're currently doing. Which I mean, we've talked about that a ton, but what it is that you are like right now. This is what's going through your head couple hours a day focused on and um what where can people find or contribute to that yeah so i would say uh, i told you earlier i'm trying to grow my business with, mm-hmm. with thrivent financial as a financial advisor so i do spend maybe 10 or 12 hours a day weekdays mostly a little bit on weekends wow. uh trying to build that foundation right to provide for my family uh but also it also provides for my kingdom work right it provides it feeds my ministries right so without my day job and and that work, um, but they happen to coincide really well together. So uh, that growth, uh, I'm looking for uh, Christians that are interested in learning more about what a healthy relationship with money is. I tell people my ideal clients are people whose faith is important to them. They're interested in listening to a professional. I have all kinds of licenses and certifications yeah. and trading mutual funds and all those things. Uh, but for people that are willing to listen to the advice of a professional, um, but they also have a healthy value of money, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I tell a lot of my clients, money's a tool. It's not a goal. It's not a God. It's not an idol, right? Yeah. So if you know of somebody that wants help with their retirement planning. Uh, tax is, season's coming up. People are going to have some extra money here. That's right. So getting into that, helping people be tax efficient, that's been kind of a fun area for me to grow in these past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one piece of it. Right now I spend some of my... Uh, kind of capacity on, um, we didn't really talk about chain breaker ministries. So, uh, that's, sorry, I I didn't mention it earlier, but so some of my friends and I were trying to bring kind of almost a franchise of Wheeler mission to to Columbus from Mm -hmm. Indianapolis, uh, mostly focused on inpatient, uh, Christ centered addiction recovery. So, uh, we were hoping to open our doors. Well, hoping back in November, uh, we had some fire code issues we had to work through and get some fire doors yeah. and smoke detectors, all that stuff. And now uh, we're getting most of that stuff done, hoping to open in the next week. So that'll be inpatient residents. Uh, so we've been working through a lot of those mm-hmm. changes and just get the get the doors open. Our ministry's been working since probably the beginning of November, where we've been referring guys into the program, taking them in. But there's other intake sites around the state where we transport them to get them checked into, into the rehab they need. So mm-hmm. uh, that's been consuming. The The car ministry is almost on cruise control for me because I might, sp- if Leah goes on girls' night tonight, I might, I might go out in the barn and work for six or eight hours and not even... Uh, think about it, but I'm just hustling cars and, and changing stuff and listening to my rap music really loud, you know, jamming <laughs> out. So, um, yeah. So uh, that's been a piece of it. So uh, on the on the car ministry side. Um, so that, if people want to help support these ministries, okay, yeah. whether those be yours, whether those be uh, Leah's, could you um, let people know where to find that? Yeah. So uh, our car ministry is called Jeremiah184.org. So or that's our website, Jeremiah184.org. That's okay. uh, Jeremiah. Uh, Let's see. 
18 verse four. Yep. Uh, so it talks about the pot that he was shaping was marred. So he repurposed it for something useful. So, uh, that's the kind of the tagline of our car ministry is, uh, a lot of people think we're repurposing cars to make them useful, mm-hmm. but our goal is to repurpose hearts and make, make the people useful. Right? I like that. So it's kind of a double thing that fits in Christian mm-hmm. or secular. So, uh, there's that side. Uh, I'm trying to grow my Facebook presence for my thriving business. Okay. Right. So as I post tips and tricks on how to save money for college or how to save money on your taxes, uh, how to save money on life insurance, all those kind of topics, or just, uh, when I host, a lot of different events that are service projects or fundraisers for other ministries in the community. I try and put them on that uh, Thrivent page. So that's just my name, which is John Sandlin dash Thrivent Financial. That's my, my business okay. yeah, Facebook we'll have, page. We'll have there. links to all these on the description for the YouTube video for people that are on Spotify or any of the others. Uh, I hope you heard them well enough. Otherwise, uh, check out the YouTube channel, Triflix Cast. Uh, you can find all of the podcast interviews that we've had as well as those links. Uh, I'll let you continue on. Yeah. I think you had a couple more. Yeah. So for Chain Breakers, uh, we do have a website there. That's also, we just got our 501c3 status and it's an LLC as well. Um, so we have a website there. It's chainbreakerministries.org. Uh, we do accept donations online there. So uh, that's heavily capital intensive to operate a house and, and handle uh, all the utilities and the things that go with running a house. Everybody that lives in a house knows it costs money, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all self-funded. We're also private funded. We don't charge for that service to the clients that come in or the people that come in off the street wanting that Christ-centered recovery. Uh, we try and keep it free for them, which we plan to and have been doing. So uh, so that's interesting. Uh, our, our mentorship ministry at, at Terrace Lake, we call it Mark 1231. Or I'm sorry, just 1231. We dropped the, we don't advertise the Mark part. Um, but for there, um, you can get to links to that from Terrace Lake's website, Terrace Lake Church in Columbus. Um, you can find how to do that or how to contribute. We're both looking, you know, uh, you can always donate money to the church and and market for our ministry specifically. Um, or we're, um, always looking for people that are mentors that we can refer people to because Terrace Lake isn't the, uh, the perfect home for everybody that we evangelize to. Right. So we like having those networks and people to refer to other churches. So right on. And then, uh, for Leah. So for Leah, uh, so her main, Jail ministry kind of vendor is uh, REC. It's called New Day Residence Encounter Christ. I don't know what their website is. We can we'll, put it in the we'll link. We'll have the link there. But uh, when you see REC, um, they're always looking for additional sponsors. Um, we try and, when we go into the jails, we try and take them lots of pop and Mountain Dew and sugar snacks and all those kind of things. So uh, for every weekend, and there's one going on this weekend, I believe it's in Jefferson County. It's mm-hmm. already going. Um, but we're always looking for people that are willing to sponsor uh, those. I know their need specifically right now is for an enclosed trailer. So if you know somebody that has an enclosed trailer or one that's broken or has a bad car issue or whatever, that yeah. I can help them fix it up and get it going. We're kind of shopping for uh, a large, maybe 24-foot enclosed trailer because they take all those goodies from jail to jail and mm-hmm. deliver them. So uh, for that's for the REC ministry. Uh, some of the other groups she's involved with, Celebrate Recovery, Yep. Um, you know, they're always looking for sponsors or, or partnerships as well. Uh, it's, it's just as much about relationships and support and awareness as it is finances, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the highlights. That's all of them. All right, man. Well, 
if uh, if you guys liked uh, Mr. Sandlin, Mrs. Sandlin on the show, uh, this was actually our first time having two guests. So we haven't had two guests on before. That was really cool. I think uh, depending on what people say, whether they like the cameras and all that, uh, we might continue that. We got a couple more doubles that we've been holding off because we weren't sure how it would work out. Uh, for people watching, uh, again, if you like him, go check him out. We have links in the description. If you are interested in uh, supporting the show, uh, I know we've we've had a ton of different requests for support. But if you guys like this show, if you like uh, promoting creative or innovative people, uh, your money directly towards the show helps us keep this going, keep the lights on, help us uh, afford the staff here that we uh, have, you know, run behind the cameras, behind the editing and all of that. If you guys know of anybody that is creative, innovative, doing ministry work, doing the Lord's work, whatever it may be, we don't judge. Uh, we'd love to have them on. Send them our way. You can find all of our information at triflix.com, and uh, that'll take you off to our Instagram, to Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, we have the podcast stream directly on there as well if uh, you want to listen to it that way. But other than that, this has been a very uh, information-packed hour and 15 uh, coming in here. I didn't know what to expect uh with you a car know. ministry that's right it was definitely first for me but I'm, I'm glad we got to have this conversation it's been a pleasure tristan thanks yeah. for having us on yeah you too man nice to meet you mm -hmm.